The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from ex-adult entertainment performer and lover of storytelling, Dolan Wolf. Welcome to a brand new year. Are you excited that we made it to 2023? It didn't feel like it was going to happen there for a while, did it? I really wasn't sure I was going to make it through 2022. And if I were going to be woo... I would tell you that astrologically, I'm told that everything turns around for me in March this year. So I'm treading water till March and I'm feeling good because not only am I closer to, I don't know, that air quote finish line, but we've got this fresh start. We've got a brand new year to do whatever we want with. And I know it's just a calendar, who cares? But there's something about that watching everything turn over that makes you feel so much more hope. I will tell you that I had tickets to a sex party on New Year's Eve. And I was really excited about finally being out of 2022. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm going to change everything. But as many of you know, I have a foster dog right now that I'm taking care of. And my neighborhood is kind and known for its fireworks. This dog started losing her mind. She is terrified of fireworks. And as much as I wanted to, as much as I told myself, you have tickets. This is going to be an epic party. I'd been watching this conversation going on on everything that I could expect at this party. I was seeing that there were people that I was excited about being in meat space with again. And then things just started unraveling on New Year's Eve. I even found tranquilizers from my past dog to try and get her to calm down a little bit, but it wasn't really working. She was freaking out. And you can sit there and say, am I going to put on a fabulous outfit? And am I going to go to a sex party? And am I going to leave the house for, I don't know, six hours maybe? Or am I going to be a good person and stay home with this dog and comfort her? I decided to be a good person. I'm pretty disappointed about my New Year's Eve because I do believe that what you're doing on New Year's Eve really is an indicator for the coming year. And I was ready to embrace this brand new year, this promise. But instead, I tried to calm down a great Pyrenees mix. And at some point, I'm really glad I did because there are people here in my neighborhood who really love the sonic 
boom fireworks, you know, the kind that make the whole house rattle and it makes you wonder if the windows are going to break. And it's really close by. It's like really, these neighbors are really close to me. And at one point, I have this front door that wasn't completely latched. And the sonic boom, and realize we've been having crazy atmospheric river bomb cyclones here in San Francisco. It has been raining nonstop. It is so wet and so gross. And the wood was completely swollen. So I couldn't even get that door open when I tried to pull it earlier in the day. And yet, when one of these sonic boom fireworks went off, I don't know, sometime close to midnight, it blew the door open. The door that I couldn't open with my hand, the fireworks were so close, they blew the door open. So I went looking for the dog to see where she was hiding. (laughs) And I couldn't find her anywhere. And I'm like, she didn't jump off the porch. She didn't, oh my God. What if she ran away? What if that door flying open? And eventually I found her under a giant pile of recycling on my back porch, just her little white nose sticking out. I felt so horrible for her and I was glad she wasn't there alone because she's grown very attached to me. In other news, (laughs) I talked to the foster people and there is a chance that she may have a new home. Someone contacted them and said, Hi, we met Dixie, and we met Adele with her, and we're interested in adopting Adele. So they contacted me, and I may be putting them together and letting them see the dog again. I'm not sure. I have decided she's not the dog for me, but the thing I really want is to be partially responsible for her finding the perfect home. And it made me so happy when they called me today and said, you were walking Adele and someone met her through you. And I'm like, I know exactly who it was. We stood there for a long time and I told them how great she was. And she's like, yep. And they contacted us about her. So please, fingers, toes, and labia crossed that Adele has a new home. That would make me so happy. What a perfect way to start the year. So I didn't get to go out for New Year's. But a couple of days later, I was invited to this big pervert gathering of a bunch of people who had a house that they were having sex parties in all weekend for New Year's weekend. I went and hung out during the day on Monday. And I got to socialize and be around people and there was crazy loud sex going on. (laughs) I had asked if I could bring the dog with me to the sex party and was, you know, to the sex house and was told it was okay. And apparently, We learned this about the dog. Uh, Somebody was having crazy sex on a mattress and it had, you know, it was down low. And all of a sudden she came in, got a whiff of the mattress, started scratching at the sheets on it. And I was like, what is she? It's got to be the smell of sex. That's got to be what's going on. And all of a sudden she squatted on it and I grabbed her and pulled her away really quick before she marked territory or peed on the sex mattress. I pulled off the sheets and I checked it. Nope, nothing, but I used bleach on it just in case to make sure. But, you know, this dog that I cannot get to go to the bathroom anywhere, we have now learned that if someone female ejaculates all over a mattress, this dog is like, that's the spot. Good to learn things like that, isn't it? I love learning new things. Oh, speaking of learning new things, I am doing this ongoing series 
that's going to be about different ways to use storytelling in your life. I am doing my workshop, Storytelling to Get the Sex You Want, this Sunday, coming up really soon. That's Sunday, January 8th. It's a quickie workshop, just a way to use story in your life, to tell your stories of sex, kink, gender, to make new open-minded friends, sex-positive friends, ways to connect using storytelling. Just in case you hear this in time, I wanted to make sure you know. So yeah, 2023 is about learning new stuff, huh? And if I can make it to March... I'm going to be home scot-free, right? Right? Please say it so. As you start a new year, are you looking for a thoughtful gift for a partner or friend that will skyrocket their sex life? Well, look no further than Like a Kitten. Like a Kitten creates erotic gift boxes that make it easy to spice up your sex life. They'll ship you a gift box with all your erotic essentials, from robes and handcuffs to massage oils and vibrators. It's your one-stop shop for a perfect evening. Like a Kitten offers so many different creatively themed boxes, they'll encourage you to play in brand new ways this new year. The Daring Date Night Box will help you break out of the same old dull routine with your partner. Spice things up by sharing a sexy secret on your next dinner date. The Booty Box, which contains everything you need for anal, whether you're a booty beginner or a pro. And then there's the flirty festival box. It's the perfect bachelorette gift for your festival-loving bestie. I got the forbidden fruit box with the rosy gold anal plug, poppin' rocks explosive sex candy, water slide aquatic stimulator, water-based lube, and best of all, the purrs like a kitten USB rechargeable silicone vibe. It's hard to believe that most of these boxes contain a toy that retails for more than the entire box alone. So these boxes containing multiple gifts are a steal. And I love Like a Kitten because a portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. So you can feel good about feeling good. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering body storytelling listeners 15% off when you go to likeakitten.com slash D-I-X-I-E or enter the code Dixie at checkout. These boxes are all at least 25% off retail, so with our special 15%, you will receive, wait, let's check the math, a total of 40% off the retail value. Surprise your partner with a box from Like a Kitten. Just go to likeakitten.com slash Dixie or use the code D-I-X-I-E right now to get 15% off, and there's a link in this episode's description. Meow. I want you to know something. You don't have to be a writer to tell stories. You have a story that the world needs to hear, and I can teach you how to tell a compelling story full of intimate, relatable details. Announcing How to Be Body, Dixie's secret system for uncensored storytelling. As the host of the Body Storytelling Podcast and live stage series, I've coached thousands of people on how to tell their true stories of sex, kink, or gender in an engaging, relatable way. And for years, people have asked me to create an at-home version. So this new workshop is live, virtual, and you will learn so much. Think about it. How fun would it be to work on your own true stories of sex and kink with other sex-positive, open-minded humans? This small, community-minded course will warm up your winter, and it makes a fantastic late holiday or early Valentine's Day gift. And when you register for How to Be Body, you can choose your own level of participation. You can either go everything but or all the way. 
with private coaching sessions with me, a final storytelling showcase, and a video of your story to share with friends. If you've ever struggled to tell your own intimate stories to partners, friends, or even on a stage, my new live sex and storytelling workshop is what you need. Registration is open for How to Be Body, Dixie's secret system for uncensored storytelling. Spots are going fast, and it starts on January 24th. So sign up now, because I can't wait to hear your story. There's a link in this episode's show notes to register. It's story time. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. One of the things you should know is that in September around Folsom Street Fair, we have always done a special Folsom Street Fair event because Folsom Street Fair is huge in San Francisco. And at the last minute, I had a storyteller fall out. And the storyteller you're going to hear this week did a great job of filling my hole. He is someone I adore. And it's not easy to come in at the last minute and tell a story. And sometimes the work in a story is what really helps you understand why this story is important to you. We didn't get the amount of time that we wanted to before he stepped on stage. But in the conversation afterward, one of the things that he realized was that the story that you're about to hear and the culmination of that story happened just a few months before a friend said, I know exactly the event for you. I want to bring you to body storytelling. And that's how he joined the family. He is at so many of our shows. He is a member of the team. He is someone that I adore and one of my favorite people to nerd out on storytelling with. We talk about books. We talk about screenwriting. We talk about the craft of story. And I don't know if you've ever had a friend that has the same passion you do, but when you get to work with them and turn it over and have them show you new facets of something that you love so much, the way that I love the art of storytelling, that person just becomes part of your heart. You fall in love with them. And I am so in love with this storyteller. So let me tell you about them. Dolan Wolf is an almost entirely expat British person, a not entirely ex-adult entertainment performer, and a total exhibitionist. He's also a lover of storytelling and is developing a career in which he can tell stories on film. This storyteller is Dolan Wolf. Hello. So there's a BDSM summer camp uh, that happens uh, once a year. We're going to call it the Furnace for the purposes of this story. It takes place in the Midwest uh, states. Uh, and, it, and it happens at what, for most of the year, is a regular gay motel in a, in a holiday resort town. But for these six days a year, it's like a kinky brigadoon and uh, the, the Illuminati of, of the gay kink world assemble uh, to be perverted as fuck for, for six days. Consensually, of course. Uh, there's uh, various different tents, or in the UK we would call them marquees, but, but that word doesn't work here. Big tents. Uh, there's, a, there's a bondage tent, and there's a, a sex tent. I know, apparently, it's a whole thing. You c- people get pissy if you fuck in the bondage tent. Um, and there's a flogging tent. 
and, and it's run by this club, uh, and the only way you can go to it is if you're a member of the club or you get sponsored by a member of the club to go. So I was very lucky to have a member sponsor me to go, uh, and, and I was super excited to go there. Um, I, I was expecting to learn loads of stuff and, 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 and see, see some, some extreme things that I'd never seen before. Things like people hanging from, from meat hooks, from, from, you know, suspended, that kind of thing. Uh, and I was hoping that I would, um, they would like me and, and I might get uh, the chance to become a member so I could have access to this, to this space whenever I wanted. Now, I consider myself a fairly well-rounded kinkster. I, I love leather, I love bondage, I love fisting, I love CBT, electro. But when I arrived at this event, at this camp, there was one thing that had never particularly interested me, and that was flogging. Just hadn't connected with it, just hadn't seen it and gone, oh yeah, I really want to do that. Um, but that was the one thing everyone seemed to want to do with me. Hello, what's your name? Would you like to flog? Hello, where are you from? What, can I flog you? Uh, hello, how was your breakfast? Have you tried the flogging? <laughs> so, so, you know, and I, I'd, I'd come, you know, in, in the hurry. I wasn't just looking to get fisted while immobilized. And, and when I heard about this thing called squelchies, where, where you put on a wetsuit and then ride around in a paddling pool of J-Lube with someone else, I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So, so I did that, and it, it was. Um, but yeah, flogging, just wasn't looking to do that. But then one day, um, one, one early evening, I'm wandering through camp, killing time before a fist, fist date that I've got. Um, they actually give you little dance cards on arrival at this place. It's a really good idea, so I have a little dance card date. Um, so, so I'm killing time before my fist date, and I stumble upon this flogging scene that's about to begin. And when I say about to begin, I mean, they hadn't, the guy wasn't tied to the cross yet. Um, you know, they, they were just setting up. And if it had been any other two guys doing this scene, I may well have walked away straight away or stayed and watched it, but not found any more interest in flogging than I had. But um, as well as wanting to see if there was more to this than, than I understood and, and something I could get into, one of the guys preparing for this scene was called Paul. Imagine Indiana Jones, but shorter, a little chubby, still super handsome, uh, and wearing a Stetson instead of a fedora. And Paul and I had crazy chemistry. Um, we hadn't played yet, but, but it was... <laughs> and, um, and so I, I watched him, and I watched him prepare the guy for the flogging that he was about to get, and there was something electric about the... and, and, and really intense and, and, and exciting about the way he was connecting with the guy before he even got him on the cross, and then when he got him on the cross, the way he was touching him, and I stayed long enough to, to see him begin the flogging, and I could see that he was an absolute master with the whip. I couldn't stay for the whole thing, because my ass wasn't going to fist itself. Um, but, but, I, but I saw enough to know that if anyone was ever going to flog me, I wanted it to be Paul. So the next day, I tracked Paul down. Um, I explained to him that... This wasn't something I'd ever done before. I had done pain play, um, but that I'd seen him watching, you know, I'd seen him flogging the guy the, the evening before, and I was 
captivated by it, and he was super happy I asked him um, and, and totally up for it. And by the way, getting on Paul's dance card was not easy. There were, there were, there were running gags about it. So I was super happy. Um, and he said what he wanted to do, if the conditions were right, was use the St. Andrew's Cross that's in the middle of the, of the motel, um, in, in, out in the open on, on the evening that we were planning to do this. So I was like, great, that sounds good. In, before we got there, before that happened, there was a little excursion to the town where this, this uh, motel is based, a, a resort town on the, on the southeastern shores of Lake Michigan, which has virtually nothing in it except ice cream cafes and craft shops. So we're, we're wandering around the town, not entirely dressed like this, but, you know, um, and I'm wandering through a craft shop and I stumble upon this basket of clay stones, which each has a, an affirmation embossed in it. Things like joy, peace, surrender, that sort of thing. But the two stones that speak to me are, are one that says, um, forgive, and another that says, imagine. So I buy these stones and I head back to camp and I get ready for my, for my date with Paul. Um, I meet him by the St. Andrew's Cross. It's dark, the conditions are perfect. It's, not, it's warm enough that I'm not gonna get cold, but not so warm that he's gonna overheat. There's a full moon. It's, it's, just, you know, almost serendipitous. And before we begin, again, Paul, Paul as a, more or less as I saw him do, Paul talks to me. Um, he talks me through the nine different floggers he's going to use for the scene. Um, like, you know, this one's made of, of buffalo skin, this one's made of bison, this one's made of elk, this one's a kind of heavy thud, and this one's a lighter, stingy kind of thing. So I'm kind of like, okay, all right, yeah. Uh, and then he tells me this thing which I wasn't expecting, but then again, knowing Paul wasn't that much of a surprise. Where he said, some people like to think of themselves as an animal while they're being flogged. And actually what he really said and meant was some people become an animal. And he talked about a friend who becomes an eagle and another friend who becomes a bear. And I didn't quite know what to make of this, but I, I listened with an open mind, and, and I was, I, I, you know, I was open to the experience. So, Paul ties me to the cross, and I, I kind of finally try to stop thinking about what this is going to be like, and just let it be, as, as the first, you know, thuds hit my back. And in many ways, uh, or in one, one particular way, it's, it's exactly what I expected. Um, Paul is so masterful with the flogger that he, in waves, increases the intensity to almost more than I can take before easing off and then showing me that I can take more. And he builds this up to a point where something I absolutely wasn't expecting happening, where I did see myself as an animal. And I felt this power rising in me uh, and I had this vision of someone I love who I hadn't seen for six months because the last time I'd seen him, he'd grabbed a knife from the draining board in my kitchen and threatened to kill me. I hadn't, couldn't think of how he could come back from that. And based on that information, I would imagine you understand why. Um, but 
Simon was an, a perfect example of the idea that pain, which is not transformed, is always transferred. And he was, at his heart, the most beautiful, most wonderful, loving, kind, silly, fun, cheeky as fuck, because that's how they make them in Liverpool. I mean, he could make you smile even when he was annoying the fuck out of you. Uh, I was once trying to have a serious conversation with him and, and trying to reference the song, if you can do that in a serious conversation, uh, my favorite things from The Sound of Music. And without missing a beat, he goes, oh yeah, roses on rainbows and kittens and squirrels. Um, I, I loved Simon to bits and, but unfortunately he'd had a traumatic childhood. And in his young adulthood, he was running away from, from the pain still. And then someone gave him crystal meth. So I hadn't seen him for six months. But I'm there on the St. Andrew's Cross getting flogged by Paul. And I'm, and I'm feeling this power rising inside me. And it's the power of, of uh, for me, it's the power of the wolf. It's, it's the um, power of, of my love, of my loyalty, and a fierceness that, that I need to bring to defending my intention to reach back out to him. Uh, but also a fierceness to defend myself against any of his awful crystal meth-fueled bullshit. So I come down off the cross um, and uh, I didn't really have a clear idea what I was doing buying those stones in the craft shop, but it was clear to me afterwards, the one that said imagine was for Simon because I wanted him to imagine what his life could be like, how amazing it could be um, if he could get his shit together. And I bought the stone that said forgive for me because that's what I needed at the time. So I go back to London, uh, I reach back out to Simon, I tell him the story about the flogging and give him his stone. I don't think he's got the faintest clue what I'm talking about. Um, but, but I'm back in his life and I'm there to try to help him as best I can. And to say that it's challenging to, to deal with crystal meth addiction doesn't even begin to describe it. So Simon's struggles. But a couple of years go by and he's in supported housing. He's managed to get into supported housing. And I tell him, if he manages to go six months without using crystal meth, I will treat him to something he's been dying to do for ages, uh, which is come to the Folsom Street Fair. Not this one, but the one that happens in Berlin at the beginning of September. Now, if you guys think that this is a kinky sex fest. <laughs> girl. So Simon, I, I don't think it was the only reason, I'm not you know, remotely gonna try and take credit for, for the progress he made and, and how well he did, but he did. He, he managed to make it the six months and so I, I made good on my offer and, and I, I, I sorted out the trip for me, him and a couple of friends. And he was so excited, so excited that I felt an obligation to explain to him that when we arrived in Berlin, there wouldn't be slings in the airport. 
literally. Um, but he wasn't disappointed, even without the slings in the airport. Uh, and um, we had an amazing time. Because in Berlin, instead of there being a massive dance floor and a tiny, tiny dark cupboard to have sex in, there's a tiny dance floor and everyone's fucking fisting and pissing on each other all over the place. Um, yes. Um, so we had an absolutely magical weekend. We returned to London, and unfortunately, Simon relapsed fairly soon after that. I did the best I could to help him. I even bribed him to come to a 12-step meeting using some weed, whatever works. Um, and he went of his own accord the next week. You know, he, he wanted to get better, but... Um, he, didn't, he, he wasn't ready to stick with it. And in December of 2015, I lost him. Now, I know that's not where you were hoping this story would end. And God knows I wish that's not, this story wasn't going to end there. But you know what? It doesn't. Because... I am a big part of Simon's story, and I am not done writing it. I'm not done figuring out how to turn it into something beautiful, something that can transform the pain that he went through and the pain that I went through with him into something amazing and fun and silly, something that would make his smile that could light up this room, uh, light up this room. Because that's what we do here. And I just want to say one more thing about that. That I didn't tell this lady about, it's only little. The reason we get to do that here is because of this lady. So I would like you to give your round of applause for this woman and everything she does for us.
you've done to me Tennis shoes don't even need to buy a new dress You and me ain't nobody else to impress It's the way that you know what I thought I know It's the beat that my heart gets when I'm with you But I still don't understand Just how your love can do what no one else can Looking so crazy, lost Got me looking, got me looking so crazy, love Got me looking so crazy right now You touch, got me looking so crazy right now Got me hoping you page me right That song was Crazy in Love by Sophia Carlberg. Well, it's a new year, so that means I'm going to be doing a few live events again. And I want to make sure you put them in your calendar now, because if you possibly can, I'd love for you to be there. They're not only in person, but they'll also be live streamed. So wherever you are, you can be part of it. You may have heard me talk about this event that I do that is called a story toast. It's kind of like a roast, except it's done with love. We are celebrating someone rather than tearing them apart. And I am throwing a roast, I mean toast, for sex educator and phenomenal human being, Reed Mahalko. That's going to happen on Friday, January 27th. That's a live event happening in San Francisco. Rumor has it that infamous people are flying in to be part of this. And we're all going to get to hear some brand new stories. We're trying some new stuff with this one, so it's going to be an experiment show, and it's also going to be really, really fun. That one's Friday, January 27th, and Body is celebrating 16 years. Our 16th anniversary is going to be on Saturday, February 25th. That one's going to be a big fucking deal, y'all. I really want to come together and celebrate with people like you to celebrate this thing. One of my original bad ideas that is still going strong 16 years later. Our anniversary shows tend to be over the top. So as always, there's links in the show notes. I'd love for you to be there, whether it's on the live stream or better yet, in person. I'd love to see you in person at a live show again. I am so ready for that, aren't you? You enjoy listening to this podcast, so I want to ask you if it's possible to please consider becoming a member of Body Storytelling's Patreon. There are other ways to give. There's Cash App, there's Venmo, there's PayPal, but Patreon is ongoing support. It's the support that kept me going in 2020 when live shows completely disappeared. And this year has been a bit of a repeat. 2022 was financially devastating. And Patreon can help us recover and hopefully not just be sustained, but grow. 
In return, you get great rewards. For example, the live shows we have coming up in January and February. If you become a $10 or more a month Patreon supporter, you get free live stream tickets to those events. And there's more to come. So please go to patreon.com slash body. Support us at whatever level you can. And thanks in advance. Well, that's our time for this week. I hope that this new year brings you joy and adventure. And Body is here to inspire you, to help you be creative in brand new ways. Because I know that listening to these stories makes you go, oh my God, not only can I do that, I can see them and I can raise them. I know you have it in you. Make stories happen. I want to thank you for listening, subscribing. It would thrill me if you would write us a written review. Thank you in advance for that. And I want to thank the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Donald Mooney, Ty McKenzie, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Royland James, and podcast producer Roman Den Houdeker. And before we go, I want to introduce you to another podcast that's part of the Pleasure Podcast Collective. I'm part of the collective, and I really loved going to Podcast Movement in 2022 and meeting the people behind the podcast I'm going to tell you about. It's called Good Moms, Bad Choices. These are people you want in your life. Here's an introduction to them right now. And I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour. This has been episode 257 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. And here's an introduction to Good Moms, Bad Choices. A big, a big What's up? We're Good Moms, Bad Choices podcast. Two black single moms living in L.A., the valley to be exact. Duh. But don't get it twisted. We keep it 100, real, and unfiltered every Wednesday. This is not your average mom show. No DIYs, mommy hacks. Or complaining about how our kids just hit their 60-month milestone. This is grown folks talk. That's right, because mama got to have a life too. Nothing is off limits as we discuss mental health, sex, motherhood, dating, culture, and our sometimes bad choices. With a range of guests from social activists to porn star parents, this is a judgment-free zone for moms, women, and anyone looking for their tribe. Join us, your hosts, Erica and Mila of Good Moms Bad Choices Podcast, every Wednesday on all podcast platforms. 